Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the greatest ball game in the history of baseball. I'm your host, Lionel Jacobs, and today's a perfect day to get outside, enjoy the fresh air, and play ball! Sorry, I've always wanted to say that. Out on the pitcher's mound for the Farrell Felines, we have Ashley. She's been waiting all year for this, like literally. It's September, and we haven't had much chance to play baseball because, well, you know why. Here's what she said before the game. Yeah, it's been a rough season out there, especially when your team isn't up to bat. In a pandemic, nobody wants to catch anything. Get it? <laughs> it's funny, because they don't want to catch... <clears throat> Never mind. We'll be giving it our all out there. Haha, <laughs> go team! Inspirational words to be sure. Sounds like the Ferrells are going to put up quite the fight in this game, but I was able to interview the opposing team captain, Everett, and he seemed to have everything under control. Sometimes, you might think that you're out of practice just because you haven't been able to go to practice in months. You'd be right to think that, but on the plus side, the other team is out of practice too. I'm sure that they are just as bad as we are. All in all, I think the Tasmanian Tigers have a good shot at the championship. We'll see. Confidence on both sides, to be sure. It's good to see the pandemic hasn't taken the wind out of anyone's sails. It looks like the teams are ready to begin. You ready for this one, Everett? I was born ready. Really? Well, it's hard to say. I don't remember a lot back then. Here's the windup and the pitch. And it's a clean hit up the middle, it's going to the fence, it's going, it's going! And like a Tasmanian Tiger, the ball is gone! Huh, I guess he was ready. What a start to today's game, folks. This promises to be a very interesting season. And now a message from our sponsors. Come on, Ashley. The game is called Catch, not Hold the Ball. Just wait a minute. Okay, go long. I've got it, I've got it, I... I had it. I thought you said the game was called Catch, Everett. Very funny. Hello, kids. I'm surprised to see you here. Hi, Miss Fiona. Where did you expect us to be? Well, Everett, it is Saturday. I thought for sure you'd be at Lionel Jacobs' garage. We would usually, but he's got a doctor's appointment this morning, so he let us borrow his little radio. So we've been hanging out here playing catch. Yeah, the world's best social distance game ever. Next to Frisbee, of course, but that's just catch. Flatter. But don't you both touch the ball? Wouldn't that spread germs? We've thought of that. That's why we've been spraying it with germ killer every time we throw it. Well, that's something, I guess. It does make the ball a lot more slippery, though. Oh, is that your excuse for not being able to catch it all this morning? It's not an excuse. It's a reason. Uh-huh. Anyway, we figured if the ball gets any germs from us, we'll just keep cleaning it. Makes sense. It doesn't seem to be good for the ball. It looks like it's seen better days. Nah, it's always looked like that. It's my dad's ball. If anything, it looks better now than when we started. Someone had written their name on it. And now look, it came right off. I won't ask whose name. It was hard to read. Yeah, it was incursive. Someone with the last name, Young. All that was left of the first name was two letters. Are you okay, Miss Fiona? You look worried. Oh, 
I'm fine. I think I'll go sit down for a while, though. Sounds like a good idea. Come on, Everett. We can listen to the radio. But what about Catch? We can give it a rest for a bit. Maybe someone else will show up and we can actually get a game going. All right. I'm ready to get back to playing catch. Want to join us, Miss Fiona? You know, Everett, I left my baseball glove at home. Oh, that would make it harder to play. Not impossible, though. I'll be sure to put it in my purse next time I come to the park. I'm sure Ashley will play, though. Okay. Hey, Ash, are you okay, Ashley? Huh? You were doing that thing, like on TV when people are remembering something from the episode before. Oh, sorry, Everett. I was just thinking about a conversation with Mr. Jacobs from last week. It must have been quite the conversation. Eh, your average Mr. Jacobs garage kind of conversation. So I assumed. What did you talk about? Forgiveness, mostly. How we need to forgive because God forgives us, and we need to be willing to forgive people who have hurt us even if they don't apologize. Sounds like a good discussion. Yeah, it was. It gave me a lot to think about. Obviously. Is there something especially thought-provoking that had your attention, Ashley? There was one thing. The Bible tells us in verses like 1 John 1, 9 that if we admit we do wrong things, God forgives us and takes away all of the wrong in our lives. But even after I do that, I go right back to do what I don't want to do. Does that mean that I wasn't really forgiven? Should I try harder? Am I missing something? Yeah. If God takes away all the wrong, shouldn't we not keep doing what's wrong? That's a good question. The Bible does talk about this a lot, and it seems to me that even the greatest missionaries in the Bible struggled with this problem. They did? That's right, Everett. In Romans 7, God's servant Paul talked about how he didn't understand how he could do wrong things, especially after God had shown him the right way to live. So, did he ever find the answer? In a way. He realized that no matter how much he wanted to do the right thing, that wasn't enough. He needed help, and so do we. Help? You mean from, like, our parents? <laughs> Not exactly, Everett. You're talking about the Holy Spirit, right, Miss Fiona? Indeed, Ashley. The who? The Holy Spirit. It's when God becomes so close to us that we can't help but do what is right, because it comes naturally to us. Wow. What do we do to get that? I'm pretty sure you just have to believe that Jesus is God and that he rose from the dead. In other words, become a Christian? Pretty much. That's right. In Ephesians 1.13, God calls the Holy Spirit a kind of proof that you are his, and as such. Hmm. Well, I might have a script about it. I'll run home and get it. Hold on. You have drama scripts? Let's just say Lionel has inspired me to try my hand at writing. I'll be right back. Can this happen? I've never read a script that wasn't by Mr. Jacobs. I don't know. I guess we'll give it a shot. What's the worst that could happen? I prefer not to think about it. Let's listen to the radio while we wait. And now, from the study of Fiona Walton, comes the exciting drama, The Lost Dog. Wait, your last name is Walton? Shh, don't interrupt. An adapted biblical parable about God's grace. Once upon a time, there was a dog that liked to play in the woods behind his owner's house. Let me out, let me out. I want to play. <laughs> All right, boy. Go have fun. 
Just stay away from the drainage ditch. It's been really rainy lately. The dog ran and frolicked as he usually did. Chasing squirrels. Hey, come back. I want to chew on you. Sniffing out new smells. I wonder what that is. And otherwise having a jolly time. After a while, he came to the drainage ditch that his owner had warned him about. The water didn't look too fast, and the dog had crossed this stream before without difficulty. I'll just swim really fast. Shouldn't be a problem. And so into the stream he plunged. Ooh, cold. Ha, ooh, it's fine. I can... Wait, uh-oh. Already, the dog could tell he was in trouble. The water was pulling him downstream a lot faster than he had ever been pulled before, and the familiar banks of the drainage ditch had been replaced by rocks and brambles. Meanwhile, at home... Dinner time! Here, boy! You're gonna make me come find you, aren't you? Yep. All right, ready or not, here I come. And so, donning her Wellingtons, she set out to find her lost dog. Wellingtons? Rubber boots. Got it. Meanwhile, the dog was getting tired. The water was getting deeper and faster, and it was all he could do to keep his head above the water. Finally, he was able to catch hold onto a branch with his teeth, and he stopped. Help! It seemed all was lost. He was surrounded by thorn bushes, rocks, and the powerful roaring water. But just when he was about to let go, who should come out from the thicket but his owner? There you are. Hold on, buddy. I'll get you out. It took some doing, but after what seemed like an eternity, the dog was in his owner's arms as she carried him home. Come on, boy. Let's get you dried off, warmed up, and fed. It looks like you've had quite a day. The moral is, when we are told by God to do something, or in this case, not to do something, it's because he loves us and wants the best for us. We don't always get it right, and this can land us into big trouble. But thankfully, God doesn't leave it there. He leaves everything behind and goes to bring us back to him, just like a good owner looking for her silly dog. So, what did you think? Of Adventures in Odyssey? It was good. I think she was talking about the script about the dog, Ashley. Oh! Right. <laughs> it was good, Miss Fiona. Just good? Well, it was pretty easy to tell where you got the story from. It was? I couldn't tell. Uh, thank you, Everett. Uh, I think. It was a good moral, though. It's good to be reminded that no matter how bad we mess up, God will always come and get us out of trouble. Hmm. Yes, quite. Wait. That That's right, isn't it? He will, right? That's a pretty big topic. And it's one that many people have argued about for a long time. Argued? About what exactly? Yeah, you'd better start explaining, Miss Fiona, with Bible verses. Very well. The big question that a lot of people disagree about is whether or not you can stop being a Christian. In other words, can someone who believed in Jesus not go to heaven because of the bad things they have done? Well, that's easy. The Bible says that if you believe, you will be saved. That's true, but it also says in verses like John 15, 6, 1 Corinthians 10, 12, James 5, 19 through 20, and Hebrews 10, 26, that to stop believing in this truth is very, very dangerous. In fact, in 2 Peter 2, it says that it's worse than never knowing the truth to begin with. But I thought that there were verses that when we are saved from our sins, that's it. We're always saved. You're right. 
Verses like John 10.27, Titus 3.5 and Philippians 1.6 are clear that what God starts in our lives, He will finish. I can see why people argue about this a lot. It's really confusing. It can seem that way, Everett. But as always, if it's important, God makes sure we have a way to understand what He is telling us. The way I have come to understand it is we need to always do our best to get to know God more and let Him lead us with His Spirit. Okay, but how? I'd start by reading your Bible and thinking about what it teaches, then seeing how that fits with how you live. By doing this, it becomes easy to find things that we need God's help to fix. And then we need to let Him fix it. We can't keep doing what's wrong and expect God to be okay with it. That's what the Bible means when it tells us to repent, right? Exactly, Ashley. Find out what we are doing wrong and with God's help, stop doing that thing. When we do this, God's Spirit will be able to help us a lot better. Okay, this all makes sense. But is that in the Bible? Philippians 2.12, Hebrews 12.1, James 4.8, Romans 6.15. Okay, I believe you. You know, I hope that next weekend we talk about something simple, like joy or peace, because these last two have been really deep. I'm sorry if it was too deep. Nah, I brought it up. And besides, it's important to talk about hard stuff like this and make sure we know what we're talking about when it comes up. Yeah. But now that we've discussed the hard topics of forgiveness and being saved, can we get back to playing catch? Sure. Let me get the sanitizer bottle. I'll see you kids later. Say hello to Lionel for me when you see him. All right, bye. Are we done with the radio, Ashley? Yeah, you can turn it off. <laughs>